Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I want to suggest to you a book for you to buy everybody in your family for Christmas. At least wise, all the younger ones. And the name of the book is Richest Man in Babylon by uh, George Clayson, and uh, some people pronounce it Clausen, but whichever it is. Uh, the bottom line is this book is a great entry-level financial book. It's easy read, makes a lot of sense, and it gives you the basis for being financially successful. Now, interestingly enough, the difference between rich people and poor people, other than if you inherit the wealth, is really knowledge. It's your understanding of how money really works and how things in life really work. And there's nothing that gets me higher ratings on the radio than to take people's emails and read them to you to where you can hear some of the absolutely ridiculous ideas people have about money and about how to get where they're at from where they're at now to where they want to be financially. And every time I do one of those emails, I always worry it's too brutal to bring all that stuff up and to point out how ridiculous these people's belief systems are. And yet every time I do, I get 20 or 30 emails from people who go, thank you, that was the greatest, I love it. And I don't know if it's because people love to see other people's pain. You know, it's like driving by a car wreck on the freeway. you got to slow down and look, right? It's one of those, boy, I'm thankful I'm not that stupid, right? I think that's what it is. It's like, you know... I know I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but phew, at least I'm not that butter knife, right? <laughs> Same type of thing. But you can avoid all that if you would learn base theories. Now, I started my kids out in these books when they were, mm, I think, like 10, 11, 12, 13, somewhere. Early teens, put it that way. And the way we did it, and there were about three or four books I made them read, but I didn't do it the way you would do it. Give them, throw them a book and say, read this book. I sat at the kitchen table with my wife and my kids, and I read the book. And we each chapter we would read, and sometimes each paragraph or each page, I would stop and say, explain to me what they really meant there. And how does that affect your life? And how would you put that into practice in your life? And I found it absolutely effective to where by the time my daughter was 16 years old, <clears throat> she could give my seminar. I remember getting up and trying to give it one time. And it was kind of ridiculous because she was speaking as if she was a 40-year-old person from her points of view, as opposed to a 16-year-old person who has learned something from 40-year-olds. And it just didn't come off very well. So we didn't do it again. But it was one of these things where she literally knew everything. And so you don't think that these kids pick this stuff up, but they do, uh, if you put it in front of them. But you're not out there putting it in front of them. Somebody else is putting something else out in front of them. And uh, 
the type of stuff that you can focus on in life is, you know, there's a sundry list of things you could focus on. I've caught myself today. I went to YouTube. I was looking. I just go to YouTube sometimes and see what YouTube throws me uh, just to see what's going on out there. Interesting. And people just, they, they do dancing. And um, it was like person after person after person after person that was doing some kind of a strange little dance. And actually, they're pretty neat to watch because they, they looked like fun and so forth. And you get mesmerized by it. And I can see how a kid could get off that and go, you know what I need to do? I need to go learn how to dance. I need to learn how to do these wild, crazy type of things. And um, that becomes important because it's right there in front of them and it looks important. So not to get too far off track here, the, the concept of getting your children to understand finances is very, very important. But the problem I've found is many adults don't even know this stuff. In fact, it, it's such that they, they live in this dream world. They believe that money grows on trees. They believe that somehow they get up and go to work and do their job and, or don't do their job or do the right thing in life or don't do the right thing in life, that somehow life just ends up being successful. And then it just happens. And then if it doesn't happen, then it's because God didn't let it happen or the government didn't let it happen or the people around me didn't let it happen. It's always somebody else's fault why things don't work out. It's never their fault, right? And really, it comes down to just ignorance. People are just ignorant about the way they see the world. You've got to start your children off with a head start. Start them off with some basic financial information and understanding. Rich kids get this from their rich parents. That's why second generation, third generation, fourth generation wealth can occur because they're being taught what to do, how money really works. Now, sometimes the kids of second and third generation people just become complete losers. So don't take that into account. Take into account the fact that if you have a parent that starts you out with the right basic understanding of life, then you can build building blocks on top of that that will get you where you want to go. In addition to that, just for yourself, many times you can go out and do the same thing. In fact, I see this all the time. I have this discussion with people all the time. Is that you can go do the same thing I do and not get the same results I get because you're letting some other peripheral part of what's going on in your life destroy it. You just have to understand that all of these aspects work together, and you can't take one end of the stick. You can't pick up one end of the stick and expect to not get the other end of the stick. So you can't take one part of the rule and use it and not use the other part of the rule. And if you do, then the part you tried. So you try real estate investing, but you're not managing your money doesn't work. You try managing your money, but you have no way to invest into something very successful. It doesn't work. It's just bottom line. You have to understand the whole package and stick with the whole package. So today I want to take you through an outline of the richest man in Babylon and uh, just try to set some of this stuff up in your mind. Some of the big ones. I'm not going to go through the whole book. I'm just going to cover some of the big ones that, that really changed my life and and is my really core beliefs. The first one he talks about is start thy purse to fattening. What does this really mean? 
The point is, you need money. Now, where do you get money from? Where does money come? Money comes from helping and serving other people. Many of you call it a job. Whatever it is you do that earns you money. It could be a wonderful wife. Being a wonderful wife to a great man gets you money. It could be vice versa. Being a wonderful husband to a great wife who makes money. But somebody out there, somewhere, has to serve somebody to get something in to their pocket. If they don't serve somebody, they don't have money in their pocket. It doesn't work that way. And so you start with this beginning in mind that you have to have some type of an income producer. Most of us have very little to offer in this world except our time, and we trade time for money in one way or another. Now, as we become educated, our educated time becomes worth more. But what you have to understand is, is that at the end of the day, you get up, you go to work, you make money, and then you spend money, and you wake up at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year, and you don't have any money. You go, well, what's wrong with that equation? Well, rule number one. You must pay yourself first. What does that mean, pay yourself first? It means you know how much money's coming in, and you take that money, and what the rich man Babylon says, as Clayson says, you should save 10% of it for yourself first. So no matter what you make, do you make, you know, $1,000 a month? Then save a hundred, you know, save a thousand a month. And take that first. Now go live on 900. And if you make 10,000 a month, take a thousand and live on 9,000. It's that simple. But I've got a whole different diatribe on that. And the, the, the point is, is that I've saved 50% of everything I've earned. I used to buy rent houses for $2,500 down. They were $25,000 a house. I put $2,500 down by house. That's 10% down. And so I'd save up to the $2,500. I'd buy a house. And now I have $500 a month positive cash flow. Well, it becomes much easier to save. But when I got the $500 a month cash flow more, now now my actual total income is higher. How much would I allow myself to spend more? Well, I'd spend $250 a month more in my expenses. So it's easy for me now. But it wasn't easy for me then. Or was it? It was. You know why it was? Because I didn't have the money before I had the money. And when all of a sudden I got the money, I just lived as if I didn't have the money. What if tomorrow the Democrats changed the tax code and taxes became 50% of everything you earned? Tomorrow, you only get to keep 50% of what you earn. Well, when they make you do it, you will do it. But what if they don't make you? What if you make you do it? Then you can save that money. And if you can save that money, then you have the money you need to build the wealth. So it all starts with being able to save the money. Well, Rule number two comes into play then. What is that? Learn to live on a budget. You know, I eat the same breakfast every day. I eat the same lunch every day. And But the bottom line is, is that my budget is not because I have a written budget. It's because I do the same thing. And I don't go out and spend extravagantly. Now, what I do have is within the 50% save bracket, the top 10% of what I do use for my living, I don't let my living expenses expand. I never let my living expenses expand. Did you hear what I said? I never let my living expenses expand. I spend money to live, but I don't let those expenses expand. Now, that's a budget, if you put it in terms of the English language, but it's not a budget written down. 
It's a budget that I just don't let things that I have to pay go above a certain amount. So I just don't sign up for things. My dad taught it to me when I was a kid, a very smart thing. He said, Dell, it's not what it costs to buy something. It's what it costs to maintain it. You don't own stuff. Stuff owns you. Everything you own has a cost to it. And so you never get rich. You live your life filled with cheap junk that you bought, but you never have enough money to buy anything worth owning. Never own assets. You own all expenses. Things that cost you money, cost you money, cost you money. And no assets that make you money, make you money, and make you money. That's the basis, the beginning of all financial wealth. These first two of the seven laws of wealth are the basis that you and your kids need to cover over and over and over again this Christmas. Just so those kids have an opportunity to grow up and be successful financially. And maybe for you, so that you can stop making these big, giant financial mistakes that all come in little, teeny financial decisions. Honey, we need this. Honey, we need that. We need to buy this. We need to buy that. Let's replace this. Let's do that. Let's upgrade this. Let's live above our means. Let's go ahead and go into debt, which is the next topic we're going to talk about in just a second. But right now, we've got to finish with this. That money you're saving is like little workers. It gets up every morning before you do, and it goes to work and earns you interest. My savings accounts alone, I'm telling you, this, you you shouldn't tell people this. My savings accounts alone earned me $42,000 last month. Just the interest from savings accounts. Those are little workers going to work for me. You need to have those workers working for you. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. What would you say to women out there, Kelly, if they're thinking about doing this, if they're sitting out there right now going, I'm trapped with a glass ceiling where I work. I know I can't go up any further. There's there's no room there. What would you say to them about becoming their own boss? Well, you know, you can decide to stay where you're at and keep trying to crack that glass ceiling. But at the end of the day, in this environment, it is so easy, you know, to be able to get out of that mold. People know me and they come up to me and they're very gracious and they don't look at me and say, oh, you're a woman, I'm not gonna invest with you, I'm gonna go over here. There's no real gender there. Are you ready to be part of a world where there are no glass ceilings, no gender bias, no limits? Start like award-winning real estate investor Kelly did with the online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. 
You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about the richest man in Babylon, a book I think you all should um, purchase for your children and teens especially. Uh, maybe even your young adults. Yeah, definitely for young adults for this Christmas and get into it. And there's really seven laws to financial wealth. Uh, and this is written in parables. It's kind of fun to read. It's easy read. Uh, but the underlying philosophies are very, very strong. And I've used them a whole life and I've taught them to all my kids. The next one we want to go into is, okay, now we've, we've learned to save and we've learned to live on a budget so we can afford to save. The next thing is we want to invest our money in a logical way. And there's lots of rules for investing. My three rules for investing, you know them. I've said them a million times in 34 years. Rule number one, don't lose money, right? There's so many places you can put your money, but all of them that you're going to lose money is where somebody else has your money. If you put your money in the stock market, somebody else has it. You put it with a financial planner, somebody else has it. You put it in a 401k, somebody else has it. Put it in an IRA, somebody else has it. Everything you put your money in where somebody else has your money, you have the possibility of loss. Nobody has my money. I own everything. My money's in stuff I own and I control, so I never lose money. Number two, um, situation if you don't gamble. People all gamble. You don't call it gambling. You call it speculation. People speculate on everything. I love the advertisement where a guy says, you know, we're going to have a crash, whatever you need. Gold, gold is the safest thing in the whole world. And if you buy gold now and it only goes back to what its peak was, you'll make a 100% return. Well, dummy. Have you ever sat and thought what that advertising is saying? In fact, I can't believe Robert Kiyosaki is so stupid as to do that ad. What does it really say if you say you buy gold and it goes back to when it was 100%, you know, when it was at its highest, you'll make 100% return? That means that some idiot bought it at that rate, and now it's down to 50 cents on the dollar from that rate. Can they not see that that's what they're saying? Or is everybody in this country so stupid that they can't even understand that's what they're saying? Gold has lost 50% of its value. That's why if it goes back to where it once was, it's a 100% gain, right? Rule one, don't lose money. Don't give your money to these shysters, especially get rich, quick theme schemes, duh, duh, duh. Don't get into all that stuff. That's the way. To keep your money. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, whatever I get into, it's got to have cash flow. Why would I buy anything? Why would I buy gold? Where's the cash flow? There's no cash flow. How do you live off of no cash flow? You can't. How do you make more money and have money like we're coming up on Christmas? How do I have money for Christmas if there's no cash flow? You don't. It's just dumb as a rock stuff, guys. These are the basis for understanding life. You've got to read this stuff because if you don't get it that there's got to be cash flow or it's not an investment, it's not an investment to buy something that sits there. You buy a house, you call it an investment. It's not a, an investment. It's consumption. You're using up the house as you live there. Now, if you turn it into a rental property, it makes you money. Now it's an investment. But your home's not an investment. It's consumption. You're using it. Your car's not an investment. It's consumption. You're using it up. These are basics about life that the average adult doesn't even know. They think that, that their car and their home is an asset. It's not an asset. It's consumption. So there's got to be cash flow. If you own something and it doesn't bring you money, 
It's not an asset. So some of you have husbands and wives that are assets. Some of you have husbands and wives that are expenses. <laughs> and you know the difference, man. So it doesn't really matter if you have an expense. I have a home. It's an expense. I don't mind because I decided I want it. Just make sure the expense is within the limit of what you can afford. What can you afford? I've never owned a home that cost more than what I made that year that I bought it. So you should never buy a home that costs more than what you make in one year. So if you make a hundred grand a year, you shouldn't own a $400,000 home. You can't afford that. Well, I can make the payments on it, and they say that my debt-to-income ratio, yeah. But you can't afford it because you're paying for to the debt lender, which goes to the next rule. Never deal with the debt lender. The debt lender, right, is not a business partner. It's not like when we go into a deal and we bring in a lot of money from other people and we borrow money for the deal to go make money. The bank's our partner in the deal and our investors are partners in the deal and we're making money. That's different. When you buy stuff you consume and you go to the debt lender, you're going to the guy that now owns you. You get up every day and you get on that little wheel and you run and run and run and run just to make enough money to pay the debt lender. You owe the guy. He's got you. You gotta pay that car payment. You gotta pay those insurance payments. You gotta pay that home mortgage payment. You gotta pay the home insurance. You've gotta pay the taxes. You've gotta pay the maintenance and repair. You've gotta pay for the water and the gas and the electric to run this big monster. These guys own you. You don't own them. You don't own a house. A house owns you. Right? You don't buy, you don't own stuff. Stuff owns you is what my dad taught me when I was a kid, and I believe it. It's been the smartest thing he ever taught me. In fact, it blows my mind. And I saw it on TV the other day. I laughed at it because it's exactly what I say every time I see it happen. Is it in the George Lopez show? They brought down a bunch of clothes and stuff, and they were going to give it to charity. He goes, how can we afford to buy all these clothes to give to charity? He goes, well, we didn't buy them to give them to charity, but we're giving them to charity. Why did we even buy them if we thought we were going to give them to charity? Same thing with my house. Massive amounts of expensive clothes my wife goes through and then gives it all to charity. And she just has to have the next 15 things so that she can go to her closet and throw away the last 15 things. Give it to charity. Makes her feel good that she gives it to charity, but the bottom line is it's consumption beyond use, beyond need. You don't need that stuff. I learned something from two very, very rich people. One is Steve Jobs, and the other one is uh, one of our investors here, Curtis Haynes. Both of them did the same thing. They wear a black T-shirt every single day. I joke. I said, do you have more than one, or do you wash the same one, wear the same one every day? But normally they've got like a whole closet, three or four or five of them. I now have a drawer of five or ten black T-shirts and five or ten black pairs of shorts and a black pair of blue, a black pair of jeans and a blue pair of jeans and that's my wardrobe. You say, well, that's boring. Go, yeah, but who cares? Who sees it? I don't have to get up and go to work every day. If I did, then I'd have to have clothes. That's one of the costs of going to work. You have to have clothes to go to work in. But you have to learn that if you go into debt to buy that stuff, remember, you don't have to go into debt to buy that stuff. You can sit yourself down on a budget and buy the stuff as you need it and only as you need it. And that that means you have one or two outfits to go to work in and maybe change the shirt every day. That's what it means. But you say, well, Dell, this sounds so 
mediocre. It sounds like Dave Ramsey, like beans and rice, beans and rice, beans and rice. Hey, it's the beginning to all this. The part that you've got to work on after the beans and rice and, and, the, and the budget is that you're bu- budgeting for a reason, and, and that is not because you have to to survive. You're budgeting because you're saving money. You paid yourself first. You're investing that money. You're becoming wealthy and successful with that money. That's what it takes. That's the rules that's going to take. Now, the next one is, and don't lose your money, is you have to look out for and or insure against catastrophic loss. There are those things in this world that happen that are beyond your control. And they can wipe you out to protect from that catastrophic loss you need to have insurances in place. There's all kinds of insurances. Uh, a prenuptial agreement's insurance against a bad marriage, right? Uh, insurance for your home in case it gets wiped out by a storm. Insurance against your apartment complex in case it gets wiped out. Liability insurance in case you get you know sued. There's insurances for everything, right? And you need insurance to protect you when the catastrophic loss occurs, something that could take you down. That's really what it comes down to. So when we look at this situation, if we never lose money, rule number one, we don't ever go backwards. If we have constant cash flow, we have stuff to take home, to live on and or to spend on our family or to add more to our investment capital. As we continue to grow our investment capital, Our wealth grows and we become wealthier and wealthier, which begins to create a spiral, which ends up being a wealth snowball, as Kiyosaki would call it. But there's one more aspect, and that is massive capital gains. You can't get rich slow. Remember always, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a great day. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement.